you're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriance for our Black and White Sports. We're going to talk about Brittany Griner because we have an update on Brittany Griner and her situation in Russia. Now, as we all know, Brittany Griner was busted going through customs in Russia, vape cartridges filled with cannabis oil, which, by the way, is highly, highly illegal in Russia. Not very smart, if you ask me. Uh, but somehow, some way, of course, the Biden administration labeled her wrongfully detained, even though she blatantly admitted doing wrong and admitted doing the exact th- same thing she was caught up in. Now, this became a big political thing, right? Because, and I'm going to keep it real, a lot of a-holes on both sides of the aisle decided to try to make a name off themse- for themselves off of Brittany Griner and went to virtue signaling in every direction. Um but at the end of the day, when you strip everything away, Brittany Griner's in a bind. She's in a bind. Uh, she once protested our national anthem. I'm just reminding everybody of that as she claims to miss the United States so much. Well, you didn't seem to love it when you was here. Just saying. Uh, so anyway, that never gets brought up by the mainstream media, by the way. Oh, no, we can't bring that up. Uh, she has gotten an appeal date. She has gotten an appeal date for her court case, and there is more bad news for Brittany Griner in this, too. Besides, um, I don't know, an appeal date that's still three weeks off. Um, Boy, it's not looking good for her and Biden's proposed swap right now uh, for Victor Bout. Um, Russian court sets Brittany Griner appeal date. New York Post. A Russian court on Monday, set October 25th as the date for American basketball star Brittany Griner's appeal against her nine-year prison sentence for drug possession. I'm sorry, but that's probably not getting reduced. That's my guess. Griner, an eight-time All-Star center with the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury and two-time Olympic gold medalist, was convicted August 4th after police said they found vape cartridges containing cannabis oil In Moscow's airport, the Moscow Region Court said it will hear her appeal. Griner admitted that she had the canisters in her luggage. Let me repeat that, just just in case anybody missed it. Griner admitted that she had the canisters in her luggage, but testified she had inadvertently packed them in haste and that she had no criminal intent. Well, you're in a foreign country. How can you not be ultra-sensitive to everything going into your bag? That's just like these knuckleheads where they put marijuana and shit in their airplane bag along with a Glock and a clip. Oh, I forgot it was in there. How can you be so stupid and lack that much self-awareness to be ultra-sensitive to what is going into your bag when you're going into another country? It's amazing to me. Uh, Her defense team presented written statements that she had been prescribed cannabis to treat pain, except that doesn't go over in Russia. Her February arrest came at a time of heightened tensions between Moscow and Washington just days before Russia sent troops into the Ukraine. At the time, Greiner recognized as one of the greatest Uh, players in WNBA history, okay, was returning to Russia where she 
played during the U.S. League's offseason. The nine-year sentence was close to the maximum of 10 years, and Griner's lawyers argued that the conviction that the punishment was excessive. They said in similar cases, defendants have received an average of about five years, and about a third of them were granted parole. Before her conviction, the U.S. State Department declared Griner, quote, wrongfully detained, a charge that Russia has sharply rejected. Yeah, Russia is not very happy that this has gotten out in public so much either, and they've been very vocal about that. In fact, it's pissed Russia off. Reflecting the growing pressure on the Biden administration to to do more to bring Griner home, U.S. Secretary Antony Blinken, worthless as tits on a boar hog, took the unusual step of revealing publicly in July that Washington had made, quote, substantial proposal to get Griner home along with Paul Whelan, an American serving a 16-year sentence in Russia for espionage. And by the way, he's having to do hard labor over there. I, I feel bad for him. He, he's ex-Marine. Uh, it's terrible. Blinken didn't elaborate, but the AP and other news organizations reported that Washington had offered an exchange for Griner and Whalen for Bout, a Russian arms dealer who is serving a 25-year sentence in the U.S., once earned the nickname Merchant of Death. It's a horrible idea to make that trade. The White House said it has not received a productive response from Russia to the offer. Russian diplomats refused to comment on the U.S. proposal and urged Washington to discuss the matter in confidential talks. It goes on to talk about the fact that uh, Biden hosted Brittany Griner's wife, Cheryl, there, along with Elizabeth Whelan, the sister of uh, Paul Whelan over there. So um, that's not good. I mean, Brittany Griner's getting an appeal, which many think will just come and go, basically. And that's going to be a video because it's going to come out that she's going to lose that appeal. And um, it's still bad news because Russia has not acknowledged that prisoner swap whatsoever. And one of the videos I did a couple of weeks ago was the fact that Russia is blatantly, blatantly making it known that Putin and, and, and people of that ilk in Russia, they don't have time for Brittany Griner right now. She's not a priority in Russia. Okay? As much as, as much as Joe Biden is trying to jump through hoops for Brittany Griner right now, Putin and the Russians, she's not a priority. They've pushed her aside. They got a war going on, right? Uh, I mean, but you get the point, and that's not good for Brittany. It's not. It is what it is. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, guys, let's talk about Brittany Griner here in this video. Now, Rhodes put up a video earlier today, and Brittany Griner has appealed her nine-year sentence in a Russian prison. Now, me, myself, I don't believe that this is actually going to go anywhere. She admitted to the crime. Therefore, she must do the time. And that's just the way it is. You have people over here in this country that is actually still saying that Brittany Griner is wrongfully detained, even though she admitted to bringing in the illegal substance into Russia. There's also other Americans over there in Russia 
And none of these waltzers over here in this country are actually calling for these people to be released. None of them. Well, guys, we have another American, actually a U.S. Marine veteran, that is locked up in Russia right now. And I'm going to be honest, guys. He deserves to be there. He deserves to be there. However, he's actually been in Russia longer than Bernie Griner. He was actually arrested in January, and rightly so. Nobody here in this country is saying that he's wrongfully detained, even though he did the crime and his witnesses. And now he's been sentenced to four and a half years in a Russian prison. Here we go. Over here on the New York Post, Marine veteran Robert Gilman sentenced to four and a half years in Russian penal colony. Where's Joe Biden saying that he's wrongfully detained? He was wrong. He got sentenced, just like Bernie Griner was wrong and got sentenced. However, he doesn't check all of the woke boxes. He is actually a white male. And he um, also he's um, his parents are actually from Russia, if I'm not mistaken. He's a uh, a Russian U.S. citizen, if I'm not mistaken. I know that he actually uh, speaks uh, fluent Russian. It says here, a Russian court sentenced U.S. Marine veteran Robert Gilman to four and a half years in a penal colony Tuesday, roughly a week after his conviction on charges of assaulting a police officer. Gilman was first arrested in January on a train from Sochi to Moscow after passengers complained about his belligerence. Gilman, who was drunk at the time, bruised a Russian police officer with a kick while being dragged off of the train. Gilman is one of several U.S. citizens currently serving years-long sentences in Russian prisons. The U.S. State Department did not respond to a request for a comment on Gilman's case from Fox News Digital. Uh, Quote, this is another case that demonstrates that Americans are not safe from Russia, especially Americans of Russian descent, and especially now, when the relations with Moscow and Washington are at the lowest point in history, including the Cold War. Rebecca Koffler, a strategic intelligence expert and author of the book Putin's Playbook, told Fox. Well, here's the thing. Why did he actually kick a police officer? I mean, in this country, folks, if you actually kicked a police officer, resisted arrest, guess what? You're going to get arrested here, too. So. He was over there in Russia. He could have just did this. Not get drunk in public and cause a disturbance on a train and not kick a police officer. He is right where he actually deserves to be. He did this to himself. Gilman is an American of Russian descent. Whose parents uh, both attend attended uh, Moscow State University. He speaks fluent Russian and appealed to the Russian court for a lower sentence in a bilingual speech. Koffler added, uh, quote, Russian authorities prey on people like that. They're looking for Russian Americans to uh, return to Mother Russia and to serve as propaganda props. Who would um, badmouth America and praise Russia? The Russians will likely intimidate him into cooperating with them for some anti-American activities, she continued. Well, why was he actually in Russia? I'm pretty sure he was in Russia on his own free will, just like Brittany Griner. And both of them committed crimes while they were over there. 
Gilman's sentence in comes week after, weeks after the U.S. and Ukraine exchanged prisoners with Russia, securing the release of hundreds of Ukrainian prisoners of war and two Americans, among other nationals. Russia is currently holding several American citizens in his prisons, the most high-profile of whom is Brittany Griner. Griner is a WNBA star who was sentenced to nine years in prison for marijuana possession earlier this year. U.S. Marine veteran Paul Whelan is also serving a 16-year prison sentence in the country on espionage charges. The U.S. and Russia have engaged in talks for a prisoner swap, but no progress has been announced. Yeah, Russia has not even acknowledged. Well, not acknowledged, but they haven't responded to um, the prisoner exchange that the U.S. has actually offered them. They they really don't have to do much of anything. Russia holds all the cards. But I really don't feel any sympathy whatsoever for this U.S. Marine veteran. You caused the disturbance. You kicked the police officer. What do you think was going to happen? He's doing the time right now, but I just want to expose the hypocrisy here. Joe Biden and his administration is not saying that he is wrongfully detained. They have declared Brittany Griner wrongfully detained. They are both wrong. Both of them are wrong. Now he's getting a four and a half year sentence and Brittany Griner is going to be doing double the amount of time uh, because um, drug possession over there is really, really penalized very, very harshly. But I want to bring this to light, guys. This had just dropped like uh, four hours ago. Uh, what do you guys think it is? His U.S. Marine veteran. Uh, do you believe that um, his sentence is just? The way I see it is you broke the law, need to do the time because you did the crime. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports 2. Well, we're going to talk about Cooper Rush, Dak Prescott, and that whole thing because Jerry Jones has kind of made come out, made some comments. Uh, says, says he's closing the book on any potential quarterback controversy that he himself seemed to have drummed up. Now, look, I fully recognize a lot of you are big Cooper Rush fans. I said, I don't think there is a controversy. I really don't. Um, but then again, I was pretty high on Dak coming out of the draft. I thought he was the best quarterback coming out of that draft, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, I just – Cooper Rush does have some, like, bridge quarterback-looking qualities in the fact that that he may actually parlay this into some kind of a, hey, I can be a bridge-gap quarterback or something like that in the future. Uh, I do notice one one statistic, and it worries me when it comes to Cooper Rush – it's the statistic that I care about the most when I look at quarterbacks, without a doubt. I think it's the most important. And uh, this will be listened to on the podcast, so it'll probably be a little longer video. 
uh, because we're also going to talk about the 49ers winning from last night. You guys know I'm a 49ers fan. I cover the 49ers as best I can on this channel. Uh, but, uh, you know, and what happened last night. But first of all, let's get to the let's get to the first order of business, which is Jerry kind of finally putting some uh, putting to bed the controversy aspect. But, you know, even in this, I wonder if Jerry truly believes this, you know, um, Jerry just can't seem to live without some kind of controversy around his team. And frankly, I think it's affected him keep keeping good coaches over the years, too. Uh, this is OutKick. Quarterback controversy in Dallas. Jerry Jones makes his stance crystal clear, except you just never know with 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 Jerry. That's That's my issue. Is anything really crystal clear? Don't expect to see Dallas Cowboys quarterback Cooper Rush on the field once Dak Prescott is clear to play. I do tend to believe that. Prescott suffered a hand injury in the opener against the Bucks, and in three starts since, Rush took over. The Cowboys are 3-0. Uh, now, I'm very concerned because he's still not gripping the ball. With the team sitting at 3-1 and one and Rush making the offense, uh, making sure the offense is chugging along nicely, some have wondered whether or not there could be a growing quarterback controversy in Dallas. Well, there isn't one at all. During Tuesday's appearance on 105.3 The Fan, owner Jerry Jones was asked if there was a scenario where Rush holds on to the starting job once Dak returns. The team owner made it clear as of today that's simply not going to happen. Jerry Jones on 103 The Fan said this, he can't see a scenario where the Cowboys would stick with Cooper Rush over a healthy Dak Prescott. No, no, as I see it. As I see it today, right today. Hmm. Jones also revealed that Prescott isn't ready to play right now. And he still can't grip the ball well enough to sling it around. He can't grip the ball well enough to throw right now. Now, look, there's been some speculation that maybe he can actually grip. All right. Um, and, and that. They're just holding him back, and they want to bring him back against the Eagles. I don't know. I mean, do you want to just launch him right back in? I don't know. So it's going to continue to be Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush's show for now, at least a little bit longer. He'll get his fourth start of the season Sunday against the Rams. I think the Rams are good. I don't know. I mean, my Niners beat them last night, but we've kind of got their number right now. Jerry Jones to... uh, 105.3 the fan not not well enough to play talking about Dak Prescott's thumb okay Uh, Cooper Rush has played very well for the the Cowboys even though Jerry Jones poured cold water on the idea of Cooper Rush permanently becoming QB1 for the Cowboys it's impossible to deny he's getting results the team hasn't lost in 2022 with him under center And his stats are respectable. He's thrown for 737 yards, four TDs, and no picks so far this season. Look, that's that's very good. I mean, I'm I'm not going to act like it's not. It is impressive, but this is the statistic that worries me the most. He's got a 60.8% completion percentage, okay? In today's NFL, that doesn't cut it. Ten years ago, yeah, it would. 
But now if you're going to be, let's say, a top 15 NFL quarterback, you pretty much are going to have to carry like a 66 and up completion percentage. The rules have just been tailored in a direction that you should complete more than 60.8% of his passes. That that was always my issue with some guy like Eli Eli Manning, whose completion percentage was never never good. It was never good. He won those two Super Bowls, but I've always said I thought that would you know should keep him out of the Hall of Fame. It probably won't. He'll probably get in there because he beat you know he beat the Patriots. That's not an eye popping completion percentage, but it definitely could be worse. Will Jones change his mind if Rush rattles off a few more big wins? Probably not, but the speculation will definitely get amped up. Of course it is. Now, let's go look at the Niners. Um, I'm just looking. The next game's against the Panthers. They have come out and said that they are going to stick with Baker Mayfield for that. My God. (sighs) Man, I was wrong. I was wrong about Baker. He looks terrible. He really does. He looks like the worst part of Baker from Cleveland. I, I, I just don't get it. He was extremely accurate in college. Baker's not that accurate in the NFL. Uh, he's not. And uh, so, I mean, people have got Sam Darnold watch going on right now. Jesus Christmas. That's not good. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's back. I said Jimmy would bounce back. Okay, I thought it was an outlier kind of game versus the Denver Broncos. I think Denver, I think their defense is at least pretty good. But the one thing I brought up with Jimmy that nobody had been talking about was the fact that Jimmy did not do anything in training camp. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They took the playbook away from Jimmy Garoppolo in the preseason. He took no snaps in the preseason. Um, he was on the sideline doing calisthenics. I kid you not. Okay? So I expected a little rust from Jimmy, and now he's come in, and they're 2-1. Okay? He looked a lot better. He had a a couple of head-scratching overthrows last night that made me want to pull my hair out. But, again, he got the win. He helped them move the ball down the field. Jeff Wilson... Looked fast as hell. That was the fastest run of the year by any 49ers player at this point. Uh, I think he was around 20.8 miles an hour. Uh, The defense looks great. It's ball hawking. Honestly, the defense might be the best defense in the league. I mean, think about it now. Gave up 11 to Denver. And look, Denver... I mean, Denver, it, it was a pure struggle for them to get 11 points versus this defense. Uh, The Rams, what, nine? I mean, nine points, right? Uh, Gave up 10 to Chicago. Uh, So you get the point. Stifled the Seattle Seahawks, who just dropped 48 on the Detroit Lions. I mean, I've got to think this defense, this looks like a potential championship winning defense. Um, for for the 49ers. There's statistics right now where they're, you know, among the top uh, three or four in all of football in a bunch of statistical categories. Um, D'Amico Ryans is going to get some play in the offseason for head coach. Absolutely, that is going to happen. 
Okay. Um, you know, the formula is coming together. George Kittle is still not involved to the extent that I would love to see him involved. And I would be, it would be irresponsible of me not to mention, and, and look, George Kittle did not drag the foot on the throw in the back of the end zone that Jimmy Garoppolo made last night. Garoppolo made one of the best passes you will ever see from any quarterback last night. But George only got one foot down. Uh, now, <laughs> the thing about it is if Jimmy would have went to his next progression, he had Ayuk wide open for a touchdown. Okay? And that's the problem. He made a great throw. Okay? One of the best throws I've ever seen Jimmy Garoppolo make in his career. Um, an elite kind of quarterback throw. But Jimmy is not elite. He's never going to be elite, okay? Jimmy is what he is, a 12-17 to quarterback in the league. But I can tell you right now, it feels like the 49ers can win the Super Bowl with a 12-17-18 to to quarterback in the league. All right? Now, um, I heard uh, Chris Sims did make a comment in regards to Garoppolo versus uh, Carson Wentz. Because, you know, I did a video where we found out that, yeah, it looks like the Commanders had a trade in place, ready to go for Jimmy Garoppolo before they acquired Carson Wentz. And he said something, uh, Sims did, about the, the fact that he thought Carson Wentz was a much better option than Jimmy Garoppolo. I disagree. I think Jimmy would win more games in for the Commanders than than Carson Wentz. Um you know, Carson puts up statistics, but there's something about Wentz, and I'm sorry, but it seems to me like just from seeing him with the Eagles and then the Colts and then what's going on right now, the one thing there is no doubt about when it comes to Garoppolo is his teammates love him. They love Jimmy for whatever reason. You know, and Jimmy's out there, and he's always laughing and carrying on and ha- acting like he's having a good time, you know, unless he's getting his ass handed to him. And there's something about Jimmy that brings the team together from a camaraderie standpoint that I don't think somebody like Carson Wentz does. And I do believe that in the NFL, uh, chemistry is a thing. In the locker room, chemistry is a thing right now, Okay. And I think it always has been. I think that's why you've seen some of these wannabe, we're trying to put together these super teams. You've seen a lot of that fail because it just doesn't work that way. You know? Um, Quarterback's got to be a guy that other guys wants to play with and for. And it's pretty clear Jimmy's got some of that. You know, it's like Jimmy makes these nutty throws and his teammates don't seem to give a shit. You know, Bosa mentioned Jimmy last night. He said, you know, we got Jimmy back, and it was like go time. You know? I mean, it's it's crazy. So I wanted to talk about Jimmy G. I, I wanted to touch on the defense and, of course, talk about Cooper Rush. And, uh, I mean, this is going to be four, 13, 14 minutes long, so it'll be good for the pod, a little mini pod for the podcast. Uh, if you're listening on pod, make sure you hit subscribe. Peace. I'm out. Until next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. 
Make sure you use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word will get you 25% off. Go get them right now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about Kanye West and Candace Owens in this video. Now, you guys probably already know what what actually did go down. And I knew as soon as I saw them actually wearing his shirt, I knew that there would be a blue checkmark meltdown and that your media would actually go after them. Now, the media really does hate free thinking black people. They want black people to be on the Democrat plantation. And Kanye West beats to the tune of his own drum, Candace Owens as well. They are not on the plantation. And that is a problem for leftists and Democrats and your dishonest media. They got triggered, you know, because um, Candace Owens and uh, Kanye West, now known as Ye, they don't want to be racist against white people. Now, to the Marxist left, you know, white people are the enemy. The white people are the cause of everything for black people. And of course, you know, the media doesn't want black criminals to actually take responsibility for their own actions. George Floyd. So let's go ahead and look at this, guys. It says here on people here, Kanye West wears White Lives Matter shirt at his Yeezy season nine fashion show in Paris. Now, check this out. This is what they say right here. West wore a long sleeve design featuring the slogan used by white supremacist groups alongside conservative commentator Candace Owens at its Paris uh, Fashion Week presentation on Thursday. Now, this is what it looks like right here. They're both wearing White Lives Matter shirts. Why? They don't believe in white supremacy. They believe that we should be treating everybody equally. But, you know, to the Wolts, the progressives, you know, white people are the enemy. They actually want to fight racism with more racism. You know, your Ibram X. Kennedy's, you know, you can't just not be racist. You have to be anti-racist, which essentially means you must be racist. That is the Marxist belief right there. And they're not like that. Now, me, myself, I believe that black lives matter. I believe that white lives matter. I believe that Asian lives, purple lives, whatever. It all matters. But to the media, you cannot say that white lives matter. Why? Because they don't believe in um, white lives. They're perfectly okay. Now, when George Floyd died, folks, there was a big movement, you know, of the Marxist BLM. However, did you guys know that there was actually a, um, a white man? That died in a similar fashion to uh, George Floyd. And guess what? No media coverage. Actually did a video here on YouTube. And of course, uh, YouTube demonetized it. But still. Nobody cared about that guy. And honestly, folks, I can't even remember his name off the top of my head. That is how little media coverage it actually got. That's pretty sad, guys. That is pretty sad. But however, the blue chats are going after Kanye West mainly here. Now let's jump over here. 
blue check mark here, Mark Lamont Hill. He actually had a show that was on um I can't remember that uh network. It it failed and they shut down. But look at this. He tweets out Kanye West's decision to wear a White Lives Matter shirt is disgusting, dangerous, and irresponsible. Some of y'all will rush to defend him. You should ask, ask yourselves why. Maybe he just believes that white lives matter. Mark Lamont Hill, do you not believe that white lives matter just as much as black lives? I mean, you called it dangerous. Dangerous. How is this dangerous? Guys, I'm a Christian. I believe when uh, you go to heaven. And you actually have to stand before God. Your skin color is not going to matter. What's going to matter is, is how you actually treat your neighbor. How did you actually treat people around you? And of course, you know, the Marxists, they don't actually believe in God, Jesus or anything like that. They hate Christianity. Christianity is public enemy number one to the Marxist left here. Now, Mark Lamont Hill, this sounds pretty racist right here. It does. Of course, he's not going to come out and say it. But white lives do matter. They do. Everybody's life matters. And even when people were actually saying um, all lives matter, you know, the, the left, they got triggered by that. They hate it that people actually believe that all lives matter. And you had some people coming out there and saying, no, no, no. All lives don't matter until black lives matter. Is a black life more important than a white life? No, it's all equal to me. Now, check this out. Chuck Callisto, another blue check. Breaking report following Kanye West's appearance last night. Anti-Defamation League says white lives matter is a white supremacist phrase that originated in early 2015 as a racist response to black lives to the Black Lives Matter movement. Paying attention. Now, check this out. Look, Look at this first comment here. LOL. Then black lives matter is a black supremacist phrase. That's a good point right there. That is a good point. These people are just melting down on Kanye West. Now, they've been attacking Kanye West, you know, because he's uh, friends with Donald Trump. And when uh, Donald Trump was a Democrat, you know, they loved Donald Trump. They loved him until he ran for president as a Republican. Then all of a sudden, you know, they started attacking him left and right. And they have completely ignored Joe Biden's history of racist comments. And BLM, guess what? They supported Joe Biden. Now, look at this. Jaden Smith, young kid, Will Smith's son. This guy, he, he he's a weirdo. Let's just put it like that. He's out there wearing dresses and everything like that. But um, you can see here Jaden Smith's uh, reaction to Kanye West's White Lives Matter shirt. And um, in response to that, he tweets out Black Lives Matter. Now, if you actually go over to Jaden Smith's uh, Twitter page, man, it is just full of Marxism. It is just full of Marxism, folks. Uh, look here. Justice for Breonna Taylor. You know, they got the uh, black Marxist uh, fist right there. Um, I, don't, I think this is him right here. This is him because that's Jader uh, right there. But um, some of the stuff he's been putting out here, man. Look at this. We demand a more progressive future. Marxism, Black Lives Matter. Uh, I, I don't care who's who's it is. If I don't feel the message I'm out 
uh, true true leaders lead. I mean, he has a lot of uh, radical stuff on here. I'm not going to go through all of that, but man, the meltdown from Kanye West speaking the truth. And he knew that um, there would be backlash with this. White lives do matter, just like black lives matter. Now, the organization, no, that is a Marxist movement. And I already said it, folks, man, that the name of Black Lives Matter, that was ingenious by those uh, three Marxists that actually came up with it. Because if you actually say, no, I ain't down with this, then they're going to call you a racist. It was a genius move by the Marxists to actually name uh, BLM BLM. However, guys, if you actually do your research on um, on uh, BLM, yeah, they were uh, actually trained by, you know, the people, a person that um, actually is white. But, hey, if you wear a White Lives Matter shirt, you know, hey, it doesn't matter, right? White people don't matter. This is racism, folks. That is racism. And the media has exposed themselves. You can go out there and look at um other uh, articles out there. If you go and go- do a Google search, man, the media has really, really exposed their hypocrisy like we already didn't know that anyway, because we have talked about them. You cannot trust these people. They're hypocritical. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about the Emi Udoka situation. As you guys know, he is suspended for the entire season. And I believe there's a bit cover-up with the uh, Boston Celtics. There's a lot of stuff that we don't actually know. But one thing that we do know, folks, is that um, Emi Udoka cheated on Neil Long. It is just that simple. Uh, He cheated with somebody in the organization, whether it actually be the wife of a uh, a VP with the Celtics. We don't know for sure, but there's a lot of indications that it that is actually the route um, that Imiudoka went with this. Now, Nia Long. Nia Long, as of right now, nobody's really actually heard from her. But now, folks, Nia Long has actually kind of broken her silence somewhat about Imiudoka. Actually, she was actually spotted out in L.A. And this is on video. We're going to watch the clip here. She was confronted, asked how she's holding up and everything. And uh, her body language really kind of tells you where things are actually going with uh, Imyudoka. And it doesn't seem to be very good, folks. And that's to be expected. But as you can see here on the New York Post, Nia Long spotted with Sun in Los Angeles for first time. Since Emmy Yudoka's scandal. Now, I got to admit, guys, she's kind of caught off guard here. I guess she wasn't expecting anybody to um, start asking her questions. So I didn't expect her to actually say a lot. But there's one particular question that is asked to her and she kind of labs it off. So you be the judge of what to make of this. Let's go ahead. Let's roll this clip uh, right now, guys. Here we go. Hi Nia, how are you? How 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 are you holding up? I don't have any comment right now. I'm sorry. Okay, she doesn't want to comment, but check this part out now. This 
Nothing that nothing that you want to say. I mean, are you guys working things out? <laughs> she just laps it off. Is there any chance of forgiveness, Nia? None, none to say there. All right, best of luck to you, Nia. Best of luck. Bye, thank you. Yeah. So there you have it, guys. Nia Long, not much to say about uh, Emmy Udoka. And I'm pretty sure she's probably uncomfortable with having her um, private life out there in the public. But um, one thing that you can't see in the video clip, but... That she did catch it, guys. Nia Long is not wearing her engagement ring. She's not. Um, you can see the photo here. The engagement ring would actually be right there. But um, she is not wearing it anymore. So and when she actually kind of like laughed off the question of, about um, are you guys actually working it out? She just kind of laughs. She didn't have any other response to anything else. That um, this person was actually um, asking her, and I believe this is from uh, TMZ, if I'm not mistaken, by the way. But when he asked her, are you guys working it out? She just kind of giggled. She's not wearing her um, her engagement ring anymore. She laughs off that question. So that kind of leads me to believe that, um, yeah, it's probably a wrap. It probably is. But we don't know exactly um, for sure. To tell you the truth, um, man, man, it says here, though, a short time after the Celtics announced on September 22nd that Yudoka was being punished, Long released a statement expressing gratitude over the support that she received. Now, this is just a statement. Of course, you know, these things are kind of planned out, uh, says the outpouring of love and support from family, friends and the community. Uh, during this difficult time means so much to me. I ask that my privacy be respected as I process the recent events. Above all, I am a mother and will continue to focus on my children. Now, I do definitely feel bad for her son um, having to deal with this um, as well. And uh, th- this is not good. This is not good um, whatsoever here, guys. But um, it looks like um, it actually may be a wrap with um emu doka it just may be a wrap their relationship may be over and um this if you go out there and you kind of see that she's not wearing her uh engagement ring anymore guys but um that's pretty much it man that is the first response from nia long uh since the suspension was actually announced about emu doka what do you guys make of her body language does her body language kind of tell you that is over between M.A. and herself? Or do you guys actually believe that they can actually work it out? No matter what, guys, he probably actually has a better chance of actually staying with Neil Long than actually staying with the Celtics, because I believe he's going to get fired from the Celtics. And all reports are indicating that um, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to actually get another job in the NBA. A lot of speculation that... um. His NBA career is over. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time.
Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. I'm back. Rodrance for the Matrix and Roads show. And wow, this is a very interesting development. I've been vocal. I like Joe Rogan. I like his podcast. I watch him on YouTube quite a bit. Uh, certainly don't agree with everything he says politically. Um, however, he it seems he does align with my politics a lot more these days than, frankly, not aligning with it. But this is not the political channel, so it's neither here nor there. Uh, so there's been a lot of controversy around Joe. And he, of course, speaks his mind very openly, very freely on his podcast that's on Spotify. And it seems one of the people that he has discussed in the past, his father, it seems is furious and is filing a lawsuit, it looks like, against Joe Rogan for defamation of character. Um, Now, look, defamation lawsuits, I'm no lawyer, but they are tough to win. Um. So I don't know where this is going to go. This is the Sun U.S. Showdown demand. Joe Rogan demands to go on his podcast. Joe Rogan's dad. Joe Rogan's dad demands to go on his podcast to confront him over false claims of violence in bombshell legal papers. This is nuts. Joe Rogan's estranged dad has challenged the Spotify superstar to a man-to-man chat on his podcast over what he describes as, quote, false claims of violence. In bombshell legal papers, Joseph Rogan, 80 years old, threatened a defamation lawsuit against the 55-year-old Joe Rogan Experience host and his streaming giant employer. So that's Joe Rogan's dad right there, I guess. He's a Steelers fan. Mr. Rogan said he wants to look Joe in the eye Well, he gives him his side of the story and asked him, quote, do you fear confronting the truth? It comes after a retired New Jersey cop last week disputed his son's claims of a violent upbringing in an exclusive interview with the the U.S. son. Father and son have not spoken to each other since Joe was seven, almost 50 years ago. But Joe has publicly referred to his father as a psychotic person and, quote, very, very violent. In a ceased and desist letter sent by his dad's lawyer on Friday last week, Joe was warned that his claims had done enormous and quantifiable harm. Mm, you got to wonder if this, if there's some funds behind this, if you know what I mean. The UFC commentator and stand-up comedian has been given until November 1st to, quote, favorably reply to the letter's demands or face legal proceedings. Attorney George Farino wrote that he has no doubt defamation laws apply to Joe's statements and that there would be substantial recovery if his dad chose to sue. Mm. But he added, quote, rather than immediately file such an action for damages and injunctive relief, Against you and your employer, Spotify, Mr. Rogan, would be eager to appear on your podcast to look you in the eye man-to-man and correct your erroneous statements and explain the true facts to you. Quote, rejecting this course of action would be 
conclusive evidence of maliciousness of your false statements. Quote, do you fear confronting the truth? The letter clarifies that Rogan is not interested in money, adding, which is exactly what I was thinking just 20 seconds ago, he would simply like the opportunity to make the world know what you have been selling for decades is totally and demonstrably false. After splitting with Joe's mom, Susan, Mr. Rogan went on to marry his second wife, Rosa Santiago, and the couple shared twin daughters, Bridget and Rosa, now 43 and four grandchildren. The letter states that Joe's claims of spousal abuse and violent police misconduct, wow, have, have harmed Mr. Rogan's extended family and his grandkids, have been confronted by peers over allegations. Joe has alleged that his dad, quote, beat the F out of his mother and once hauled up his cousin by the hair. But in this letter, Mr. Verino told Joe, quote, at this point in your life, you should recognize the fact that your toughness as an individual is certainly a product of your biological father's firm but caring upbringing. He never crossed the line into advocating violence or what you describe as, quote, toxic masculinity and psychotic behavior. The attorney also said that Mr. Rogan is, quote, willing to believe that Joe's mom and her boyfriend, quote, poisoned Joe against him. Without specifying what exactly it is referring to, the letter claims that Joe has, quote, identified certain aberrant behavior of his mother in public statements. It adds, quote, obviously at this point during your tender years, it is perhaps understandable why you might have been easily misled to believe your biological father was violent and an uncaring parent. The legal document states that Mr. Rogan previously acted as a whistleblower when claimed that radical Islamists were allegedly passing through international airports, including Newark Liberty Airport, where he worked after leaving the New Jersey town of Harris Police Department. The letter claims that he led uh, this led Mr. Rogan and his wife Rosa uh, losing their jobs, but he also was able to bring a successful whistleblower action against his former employer. Um, and here it is right here. Wow. That's crazy. There's the letter. All right. Quote, while honesty and integrity were uh, vigorously attacked by his ex-employer's attorney, he came through unscathed in this interview with the son U.S., the U.S. son from his, his home in Kearney, New Jersey. Last week, Mr. Rogan said he was left heartbroken when he lost Joe. According to him, around a year after splitting with Joe's mom, he took him and his sister, Laura, to live in San Francisco without Mr. Rogan's knowledge while he was on a trip to Florida. He says the only reason he didn't challenge the moving courts as kidnapping was to protect Joe from more family drama, and later he lost all contact with him. He said, quote, I didn't even know where they were after a while. Where do I go? But they knew where I was. Today with Google and the Internet, you can find out anything. Then you couldn't. Mr. Rogan also uh, pointed to his record as a cop with no sustained complaints, arrests, or restraining orders against him, which he says proves he was never violent. An official public records request made by his daughter Bridget found that the town has no records of any arrest against him. 
The town said, although it did not generate or keep restraining orders from family or complaints of domestic violence, a, quote, diligent search had found no such records. Wow. Mr. Rogan had previously told the U.S. son that when approached in May that he had no regrets about not talking to Joe for decades. His daughter, Bridget Carceletta, 43, also claimed in an interview to the U.S. son that Joe rebuffed her and her sister Rosa when they tried to make contact after they found out they had a secret older half-brother at the age of 19. U.S. son has reached out for Joe for comment. So, there we have it. Uh, That's sort of a bombshell. That, that he's literally saying, look, I'm sending you a letter. They, they show the letter. They send it to Joe. We're going to hold you responsible for defamation of character. But really and truly, all I'm asking for is an opportunity to go on your show. Now, look, is there a monetary value to going on Joe Rogan's show? Of course. Of course there is. Somehow, some way, because of how many people he reaches. All right. Anytime you can get your face, that would be like Joe Rogan calling Rhodes Rants up or Black and White Network and being like, hey, want to have you and John on the platform? Well, it would probably like quadruple our exposure overnight. All right. I, I suspect that's why some people were able to get on there. I don't know. All I know is I enjoy Joe's commentary on most things and I respect him, especially what he's created. Um, he says he's not after money. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we know. You know, Look, that Spotify deal has been rumored to be as high, for sure confirmed $100 million, but but rumored to be as high as $200 million that Joe received for his podcast exclusively to go to Spotify. Uh, so who knows exactly what to believe, okay? It, obviously, in these he said, he said situations, you really don't know what to believe. So right now, we're certainly not picking a side on this. But I saw this and was like, wow. Joe Rogan's own dad is threatening to sue him for things that he's saying Joe is said about him that is factually not true. And his dad used to be a cop. Interesting. I I guess I've never heard him actually talk about his dad on the show. I haven't. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. Tell me what you think, Matrix and Roadshow fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Make sure you use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word will get you 25% off. Go get them right now. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Network. Well, I didn't see this coming, but evidently I haven't been paying close enough attention because about a week ago, uh, Stephen A. Smith was on with Sean Hannity. And I'm wondering, is Stephen A. Smith back to doing his Fox News hits? Because years ago, Stephen A. Smith, that's right, the very vocal uh, pundit over at ESPN, their highest paid employee over at the Marxist ESPN of China, 
as we like to call it on the sports channel. Um, he used to go on Fox News a lot. So did Bill Maher back in the day. Uh, they would go on a lot with uh, Bill O'Reilly and guys like that. And Bill Maher is supposed to be coming back to Fox News, I saw. Uh, but long story short, Stephen A., he's biting a bullet. And he's went on there. And um, he said some interesting things because it's clear he's not a fan of Eric Adams' current New York crime situation. And he's not a fan of Gavin Newsom and his policies either in California. I find this interesting. Now, I, Stephen A. Smith wants to eventually be this huge late-night star, okay, in the same way that, well, Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon were supposed to be at some point. And I guess to a certain side of the country, they're still the folks, even though Gutfeld's dragging them all in the street by the ratings. Um, but Stephen A. Smith was always more of a moderate. He always was, which has sort of been baffling with the way he has handled things since the George Floyd incident. When George Floyd happened, it was like Stephen A. Smith just opened up a box and nothing but a bunch of race-baited wokeness just started spilling out. And it made no sense. He was always a more moderate voice. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't. I, you're starting to see some of these people try to steer back in the other uh, direction. I don't think, look, I, I give him some credit for going on Fox News, but, and, and look, Jesse Waters ain't afraid of him either. Uh, but Stephen A's part of the problem. He is. He's absolutely part of the problem because he's got such a big voice and so many misinformed voters will listen to him. So, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, if he will not go out there and speak the truth, then he is absolutely part of the problem. So I can't give him a lot of credit um, for, for even this. But, yeah, at least he is not a fan of some of the things going on out there right now. This is OutKick. Uh, ESPN host Stephen A. Smith appeared on Fox News with Jesse Waters tonight. Yes, that's Stephen A. Smith from First Take. Join that Jesse Waters from The Five. Smith is doing a media tour for his new podcast that delves into both politics and culture and that landed him with Waters in primetime. I hope Waters brings, keeps bringing him on. I want to see these two tie off. I don't watch ESPN anymore at all, um, but I'd like to see them tie off. I would regularly. During the segment, Smith warned the country of being, quote, extremely progressive in its agenda amid the crime wave in blue cities across, he says the county, but I'm sure it's supposed to be the country. Uh, who is this? Bobby Burak, I think. Quote, there is no question that a lot of these issues need to be addressed. There is no question that we should be against an extremely progressive agenda that's calling for people to be released from prison on multiple occasions, that's ignoring a lot of the crime that's taking place on the streets. Smith jokingly told Waters if he became president, a running, a running bit on his program, that he would be, quote, big time against crime. You know my fear on that and just hearing it? So was Eric Adams. Eric Adams got elected because he said he was going to be tough on crime as an ex-member of law enforcement. And it's been nothing but a but a Democrat, 
radical leftist agenda when it's come to crime. Okay, he can't come out and occasionally make these comments slamming crime and just let it continue to happen. Okay, you're not doing nothing. All right, you're you're as bad as the last guy, de Blasio, right? Uh, later, Smith complained about the home, homeless uh, homelessness in L.A. and the lack of effectiveness from California Governor Gavin Newsom. Quote, I was in L.A. last week, and I saw the homelessness that existed. I got an issue with that. Certainly, when you look at Gavin Newsom and some of his policies that he's put forth, you're talking about a lot of different things that need to be addressed. Smith did disagree with Waters on his stance for Kamala Harris. However, according to Smith, she's a very smart woman who doesn't get a chance to show herself off. Quote, believe it or not, I think she's a highly intelligent woman who unfortunately doesn't have the opportunity to showcase it. Of course, that is not true. Nonetheless, props to Stephen A. Smith for going on the show. He did the same thing on Friday on Sean Hannity's Fox News program. Yeah, I mean, Sean Hannity has a decent relationship with Stephen A. Smith. Uh, most of these people do, actually. Uh, they just don't make it real public. And yeah, former ESPN, I don't know if Josina Anderson, I don't think she's with ESPN anymore. She's woke as hell. And uh, last night, she tweeted this out, or actually she tweeted it out from the other day with this picture of uh, Stephen A. Smith and Sean Hannity together. And, of course, keeping my mouth shut. All right. I mean, and, and it's just ridiculous on here. You know, the, the first person in this says, wow, we can't have a friend from different political perspectives. Y'all are what divides this country more and more every day. And, of course, somehow they had to drag Whitlock into this, too. You know, Jason Whitlock telling Stephen A. Smith to get the hell off, of, off his corner. Uh, so... You know, Whitlock's very conservative. I love Jason Whitlock. I mean, he's he's extremely conservative. Um, unapologetic. Unapologetic, Jason Whitlock. Stephen A. Smith is unapologetic. I give him I get him give him some credit for going on. And I give him some credit for vocalizing some things. Because look, they will come after him for this. Now, I can tell you right now, Stephen A. Smith feels like he can't be canceled. Um I hate to break it to him. All of his wokeness and all of his race-baiting propaganda he's thrown out there for the last two years or three years, um, the woke mob will go right after him, and they won't think twice. We see it all the time. They go after their own. They chase their own. They'll dog their own out. And frankly, I'm here for it. If they want to eat each other alive, that's great. They hate Bill Maher. They hate Joe Rogan, okay? And this is people they just championed Three years ago. And now, now somebody like Bill Maher is a racist. You know, you know, I mean, that's, that is the side of the party on the other side that is the real, real problem. I don't know. Tell me what you think, black and white network supporters. Stephen A., he doesn't like Gavin Newsom's policies. He doesn't like Eric Adams' crime. Why would anybody? But do you buy it? Or is he just saying all the right things? Uh, when it comes to Kamala Harris, too, he said that he thought she was very smart. 
but he did not absolve her of her own accountability for the job she's done. And he also believes that um, he didn't come out and say Joe Biden is the problem. But he certainly sort of insin- he he did insinuate it. He said what's going on around her is causing her issues. I don't believe that, and I don't agree with it. She is totally, totally incompetent, and she was given that job based on uh, race and the and gender alone, not qualifications. So anyway, don't believe she's not qualified. Call Willie Brown. I don't know. I'm guessing that's how she might got her way to the top. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Make sure you use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word will get you 25% off. Go get them right now. tuning into black and white sports on youtube the no holds barred truth on sports the main event starts now i'm back rudrance for black and white sports we're going to talk about tom brady because some breaking news has just come in regarding him and giselle bunchen his wife of course they have been separated for a little while now uh, she is not happy that he has decided to come back into the NFL and play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Got to be honest, there's times where Tom Brady doesn't look happy on the field at all. Now, he hasn't had all of his offensive weapons together. And we have speculated, could Tom, out of nowhere, choose to walk away from the game if he thought it might save his marriage, which he's been married to Giselle for a long time. And they got kids together and... He's been kind of vocal about the fact this is probably going to be his last year. So I guess there was a weighing of, do you really let a marriage end over one season of football when you've played 20? And uh, there's no great answer when it comes to this sort of thing. Uh, So here it is. This is the news. Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen have hired divorce attorneys. They have hired divorce lawyers. Amid their marital woes, this is page six, New York Post. Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen seem to be heading for the end zone. Both have retained divorce lawyers. Multiple sources tell page six exclusively. A previous uh, reveal, as previously revealed, the couple has been living separately for the past couple of months, following an epic fight, and they're now apparently looking at dividing up their multi-million-dollar empire. Quote. I never actually thought this argument would be the end of them, but it looks like it is, one source said. I don't think that there will be any coming back now. They both have lawyers and now are looking at what to split, what a split will entail, and who gets what and what the finances will be. Wow. Reps for Brady and Bunchen did not respond for comment. Insiders close to the seven-time Super Bowl champ, 45, and supermodel, 42, say both are very involved in their children's lives and would share joint custody in a separation, in any separation. They share Benjamin 12, daughter Vivian 9, and Brady is also the father of Jack 15 from ex Bridget Monahan. The couple would likely file for divorce in Florida as that's where they are primarily based, legal experts say. Another source 
who knows the couple, confirmed they are looking at dividing assets, which includes a $26 million property portfolio. From 2021 to 2022, Brady's estimated overall net worth swelled from $180 million to $250 million. In May, Forbes reported he is now the ninth highest paid athlete in the world with an endorsement deal with, with endorsement deals with Under Armour, Sam Adams, Foot Locker, and Tag Heward. Wow. Wow. As page six first reported in December 2020, their most recent property purchase was a $17 million home on Indian Creek Island in Miami, nicknamed Billionaire's Bunker. They plan to knock down the 5,172-square-foot house, five-bedroom mansion on the two-acre lot, and build a new one. But, of course, as you can see, work has stalled. The couple also owns a condo worth $3.6 million and a $5.7 million property uh, in Mike Melman's Yellowstone Club in Montana. So that's as far as we're going to go with their business specifics. But the point is, yikes, it looks like they're not coming back from this. It looks like they're going to move forward with a possible divorce. They're actually looking up what, who's getting what and what goes where and how much money will this cost who at this point. We don't know. We assume Tom Brady. But you never know. Um, it's going to. It's going to be worth bearing to watch how he plays on the field while all of this is going on right now. I think there's no way that it feels like there won't be an impact. However, however, I will say one thing. The one thing we've seen over time with Tom Brady, he, he, he can compartmentalize things, and he seems like somebody that might very well be motivated by something like this to go on an unbelievable tear in the NFL. In other words, he just sinks all of his energy into that one thing, in my case, like I'm sinking my energy into work right now, sink it all into work and go out there and excel. Who knows? This might be a catalyst for something big on the field. We don't know. It could have been a negative, might be a positive on the field. We'll have to find out. Divorce attorneys, this is big time real now. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Make sure you use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word will get you 25% off. Go get them right now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Sports 2. Well, we're going to talk about Tua Tonga Vailoa because we got his status for the upcoming game that he potentially would have played in. And we've also got some cause and effect from that series of events. One, Sunday Supposed back injury, of course, the NFLPA has fired that, uh, what do they call it, the uh, the unaffiliated neuro doctor, got, got the axe, he got out of Dodge. Um, evidently, he got pretty shitty with the NFLPA, too. Uh, and we've seen some fallout from everything going on, teams, because, and look, 
that happened on a Sunday, but then you had a standalone Thursday game, and that is the thing. It was a standalone Thursday game. Everybody and their mama was watching. They, they could actually see the game when the quality was good enough from Amazon. That's probably another video. Um, but now you've got fallout from that, right? So let's take a look at this. Tua Tonga Vailoa, the effect, at least a dozen players were benched Sunday under the NFL's concussion protocols. This is Yahoo, and then we're going to have an assist from PFT. Following a firestorm of health and safety criticism directed at the NFL for its handling of Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tonga Vailoa, last week at least 12 players were removed from Sunday's games under the league's concussion protocols. Their neurological evaluations occurred across eight of 14 games Sunday and appeared to suggest a cautious uptick of emphasis when compared to the numbers from the previous week. During the league's week three slate, only three players appeared to be benched. They're calling this a cautious uptick? From three players up to 12? Really? That's quite an increase, I would think. Only three players appear to be benched after entering concussion protocols. That group didn't include Tonga uh, Tonga Vailoa, who hit his head while facing the Buffalo Bills and then stumbled to the ground as he tried to walk to the huddle, raising concerns about whether he sustained a concussion. Tonga Vailoa underwent a neurological evaluation at halftime of that game was ultimately allowed to return to the field. That decision resulted in the NFL Players Association immediately calling for an investigation into whether proper concussion protocols were followed. Four days later on the league's primetime Thursday game, Tonga Vailoa suffered a concussion against Cincinnati Bengals and had to be taken by ambulance to a nearby hospital. In the fallout of the incident, in the wake of pressing questions about what occurred during the Buffalo game, the NFLPA exercised its right to fire the unaffiliated neuroconsultant who examined Tonga Vailoa and allowed him to continue playing. It also spurred the NFL and NFLPA to open discussions about revamping the league's concussion protocol with emphasis on removing players who display any motor instability. And that's the thing. It was so visual, right? Um, that hit in Buffalo, it was so obvious. I'm not, I don't know where they came up with back injury or who looked at that. But at the very least, Tua got his bell wrong. I mean, it was pretty obvious. The NFL and NFLPA announced potential forthcoming, quote, modifications to the concussion protocols on Saturday, leaving open the possibility that changes could be instituted as soon as week five. That announcement also set the stage for Sunday when it was expected officials and teams would be keeping a closer eye on players and moving quickly to get them off the field if it is deemed... Uh, warranted concussion protocols. What resulted was a spat of flaggings and examinations that impacted two quarterbacks, two star linebackers, and a key of a handful of other players. Wow. And, you know, we was talking about that, me and uh, John Matrix, about the fact that this really could change the game, okay? Uh, we may be watching some big games with, with some backup quarterbacks in the future which could really suck as far as the on-television product, this could end up really blowing. Could be out of hand, could be overblown. We just don't know. And you wonder, is the Tua situation really and truly an outlier? Okay, because if it's an outlier, 
once again, as we see with everything else, we're having we're going to have an overcompensation. That's just the way it works. Tua Tagovailoa will not play in Week Five. He will not be on the field in Week Five. Tagovailoa went to the hospital after hitting his head on the turf, being diagnosed with a concussion during last Thursday's loss to the Bengals. And head coach Mike McDaniel told reporters on Monday that the quarterback will not play against the Jets this week. McDaniel said it is too early to come up with any kind of timeline for Tonga Vailoa when he might be back. With Tonga Vailoa out, Teddy Bridgewater will start on Thursday with Skylar Thompson serving as a backup. And it goes on to talk about all the things we just uh, talked about uh, in the previous article. Uh, so, yeah. Now you're seeing the effect, cause and effect. Like I said, is it overcompensation? I don't know. Maybe. Kind of feels like it may be an overreaction, overcompensation, everything going on. I understand erring with caution. But, man, they have taken so much out of the game from a physicality standpoint that it, it, it looks like such a different game than it did, say, even 15 years ago. Right? You especially see it with wide receivers trying to run across the middle. As in, they can run across the middle now without getting their head knocked off. That was a no-go back in the day. That was not going to happen. That's one of the biggest things that changed the way the game is played now. Uh, so, there it is. Tua is out. Should he be out? you got to wonder. I mean, would he, we know if they, if they let him go, they let him out of the hospital. I'm thinking in previous times, Tua would have been cleared to play here probably. I don't know. There's been no word about whether he's still having any, like, you know, headaches or anything concussion-related coming out about him right now. And if it does come out, uh, uh-oh, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to be accepted uh, or recepted. Either one. Peace. I'm out. Until next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, guys. NBA training camp is underway for the 2022-2023 NBA season. And folks, I have not watched an NBA game in over two and a half years, and I refuse. It seems like, folks, I will never, ever return to watch the anti-American pro-China NBA. I just will not do it. I refuse to do it. The NBA is their own worst enemy. It's pretty clear, guys. They hate America. They really, really do. They spit on the flag, knelt for the national anthem, embrace Marxism, and that just turns a whole bunch of Americans off. It really, really does. Well, guys, we're going to be talking about the Philadelphia 76ers and their coach, Doc Rivers. Now, Doc Rivers seems to be using a training camp to push Marxist far left ideology on his players. Yeah, he's using training camp to actually do that, guys. Look at this. Over here on Breitbart. It says here, quote, when I hear America first, that scares me. NBA coach uses training camp to indoctrinate players in radical leftist ideology. This is Marxism, folks. 
Glendot Rivers is one of the most woke coaches in the NBA behind Greg Wokovich and uh, Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors. But let's go on, guys, because this should be very, very concerning here. That the NBA, Doc Rivers, who has made a good career for himself, NBA title, played in the NBA, trashes America. It says here, a recent Associated Press story praised NBA coach Doc Rivers for using training camps and practices to indoctrinate players in left-wing social justice theory and to push his support for hand-picked liberal Democrat politicians. Now, I do believe that uh, Doc Rivers should actually be, be more focused on um, trying to stop blowing 3-1 three, three, and 3-0 leads. This man has blown like a record number of 3-1 leads. Uh, quote, in his October 3rd article, the AP happily notes that Doc Rivers is at ease using his platform as an NBA coach to push his hard left views on players at work and to use his coaching time to attack Donald Trump and his supporters. Now, guys, I believe in the workplace. The workplace should be apolitical. There should be no politics whatsoever in the workplace. Now, if I actually owned an NBA team, I would actually make that rule. Because we know, guys, that not every single NBA player is going to agree with the Marxist agenda that the NBA has been pushing. I mean, you guys saw uh, Jonathan Isaac actually stand for the national anthem in the NBA bubble. And the media actually tried to ask him, why are you standing? Maybe because he's just pro-American. In his cancer freedom, doesn't think like other NBA players. It should be apolitical, but the NBA has destroyed their brand. The Philadelphia 76ers coach particularly focused on the idea that America should be put first in the minds of Americans. Quote, when you hear America first, that scares me because I'm a black man and that's not including me. Rivers told the Associated Press, I want us all to be included. I want us all to function with each other. Now, guys, when I hear America first, I'm thinking America for Americans, regardless of their skin color. But Doc Rivers says he's a black man. So is he saying that he's not American? I mean, is he actually really, really saying this? Because Doc Rivers, you are a U.S. citizen. You have benefited and achieved greatness. You won an NBA title. You're pretty well off. You're pretty rich. You have a wonderful job. But you say that America first does not include you. This is ridiculous. You know, he's I believe he's trying to indoctrinate these uh, these players, especially especially these uh, younger players to make them feel like victims. Don't fall for this. You are not a victim. The claim, of course, is a progressive lie. No America first supporters claims that the slogan does not apply to blacks, Hispanics, Asians or any other minority. Now, what's funny, guys, is that uh, Hispanics, by the way, they are leaving the Democrat Party in droves. I mean, bit time. Actually, guys, black people. Yeah, they still support Democrats at a high number. But guess what? For the midterms, that support is probably the lowest I've ever seen in my 45 years of life. It is now down to 75 percent support 
for Democrats. That is a death knell for Democrats right there. The AP added that Rivers, quote, used training camp not just um, as the usual time to rehash X's and O's, but as a daily history class. And, you know, this is definitely coming from a Marxist perspective here. A quote. All of it is good for us, Rivers said of his attempt to indoctrinate players in radical leftism instead of training them for the for their sport. Yeah. Why is it that when you go to work, he has to put to push this indoctrination? These players signed up to play basketball. And I'm pretty sure that some of these players now, they probably won't admit it. They just want to play. They don't actually want to be activists, even though we, we have seen many of the players actually want to be activists instead of players. Uh, the news outlet also noted that Rivers routinely plans field trips to advance his progressive ideology. Uh, quote, Rivers and the Sitzers organized field trips to the old slave Mart Museum, often staffed by individuals who trace their history to the enslaved people of Charleston and the Avery Institute of uh, Afro-American History and Culture, Citadel President General Glenn Walters and retired professor and historian Bernard Powers both spoke to the team. The AP wrote approvingly Rivers was thrilled to help teach his players about the African slave trade. Now, here's the kicker, folks, though it is doubtful, uh, he let players know that other Africans routinely enslave Africans before they even got to the slave ships. Yeah. Now, if you guys actually um, been paying attention to um the Black and White Network channel, actually the Matrix and Rose show, I actually um, put up a video on The Woman King. You know, the woke movie that Hollywood put out about um, the Dahomey tribe. Now, the Dahomey tribe and mainly the uh, Adoji, that was the women in there. They tried to make it seem like these women were liberators of slavery when, no, they were pro-slavers. They actually captured other African tribes and put them into slavery. They actually kept a lot for themselves. And the other ones they brought to the ports and uh, traded them to the Europeans. Remember, it's called the slave trade, not the slave steal. But I'm pretty sure Doc Rivers did not teach them that. But he says this, quote, teaching American history is under assault right now. And it's not black history or teaching about slavery. It's American history. Rivers told the AP. And so I was amazed. The first thing that I was taught the other day was how many players and not only players, coaches came up to me and said, wow, I never was taught that in my history class. So I'm wondering uh, what they were actually taught. But it's definitely going to come from a left wing ideology. Remember, it was the Democrats that wanted to keep slavery. The Republicans are the ones that actually ended it. The same with the uh, 1964 civil rights uh, bill. More Republicans actually voted for it than the Democrats. I digress. Rivers has also pushed his anti-gun ideals, ideals on his players and told them to support strict gun measures, gun control measures, effectively telling these young men to disarm themselves and their families. Really, Doc Rivers? This is crazy. This is really, really crazy. See, this is the danger. This is the danger of um, the far left right here. They want criminals to have guns. Remember, they supported criminals. They actually canceled games or delay games, I should say, over Jacob Blake. 
They did that in the NBA bubble. Jacob Blake, a criminal. Because they support criminals. My goodness. The coach told the AP that he wasn't very political. But today he said, we have this separation of race now, uh, pitting races against each other. Well, you can thank um, Barack Hussein Obama for that. Rivers went on to note that he is an anti-police activist. Quote, I think we need police reform. He said, our training has to be better. The thing that bothers me is that everyone should want that, including the police. How about this? How about getting criminals off the street? You people in these left wing cities, even Philadelphia, they want to let criminals out. Now, in Pennsylvania, not to get too political here, but um, well, I guess we can since uh, Doc Rivers is actually getting political. Uh, John Fetterman up there. You know, he scrubbed uh, BLM from his website. Yeah, he scrubbed them off. And also, guys, this man supports letting second degree murderers go free. Yeah, these are the kind of people that Doc Rivers supports. This is just crazy, man. The NBA is dead. It is dead. It is never coming back. The days of Michael Jordan, Hakeem, Magic Johnson, those days are long gone. This is the woke NBA of LeBron James, Steph Curry. He's woke too. This is the Marxist NBA of China. This is what this is. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.